Hi, and welcome to The Caption Life, a show for the most casual and dedicated fans of comics and a member of the Comic Watch family. I am your host, Sean. Join me and discover what the world of comics and graphic novels has to offer. From one-on-one interviews with industry professionals to roundtable discussions with passionate fans and reviews on the latest comics, TV shows, and movies. You can find me on social media under the username at CaptionLife. You can also find more episodes and information at thecaptionlife.com. Hi, welcome back to the show. And I want to ask you something. Do you enjoy comics? Which, if you're coming by the show, you probably do. But do you support indie creators? Do you enjoy escape rooms? You're probably asking yourself, how do these things connect? But if you said yes to any of these things, then I know you'll love our guest on the show today. And that is Danny Quick. Ever since 2008, when he was deployed to Iraq, Danny has been writing superhero stories and learning how to craft wonderful tales through the process of making comic books. He has a beautiful wife named Tiana and four wonderful children who also have characters in his little comic book universe as well. He always believed that we can learn a lot through the stories we read and tell to each other, and he's glad that he's been able to share part of himself through the characters and stories he's created over the years. Welcome to the show, Danny. How are you doing today? Man, thanks. I mean, I appreciate that, man. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I'm excited to get into it. And uh, and our fellow disdain for a certain uh, superhero that, that people seem to love these days. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I, I need to ask now, it, it is, who is the superhero that we have disdain for? Is it uh, Dr. Strange? Uh, Dr. Strange, right? You see, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, not a, I'm not a huge fan of Dr. Strange either, man. I've seen your... Uh, <laughs> I've seen some of your TikToks and uh, I feel the same way about as you do. I'm like, that dude is just getting getting people in trouble. That's that's all that he does is to get folks in trouble. So, uh, yeah, I think we can we can do without the uh, the Sorcerer Supreme. But I, I think I prefer Wong. I prefer Wong to Doctor Strange these days. Oh yeah, yeah. I I gotta tell you, just that alone, you're my favorite guest of all time now. <laughs> I, I have some friends that, yeah, I have some friends who give me a hard time. Like anytime that we're talking, they'll throw Doctor Strange in there and all that. And, and mm-hmm. what's funny is I, I don't have like my TikTok videos. I just go over the top. I like to be dramatic because it's a lot of fun. I, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily like hate the character at all. I just don't right. care for him, you know. Right. But what's funny is there's been a couple of times where people, I guess, stumble on my videos without knowing like who I am or what I've done before. Mm-hmm. They would they would just be like, "Why are you hating this character so much? You're so <laughs> negative about it." I'm like, "It's a joke." It's so a I've joke. learned like, like I, had, I had to put it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> yeah I had to I put that like, in there if, somewhere. If people, <laughs> if people, you know, follow you long enough or they see enough of your videos, they'll they'll eventually get the joke. But yeah, I can understand. If they if it's their first time seeing you and they're like, oh what wait, this dude is this dude hates Dr. Strange or something like that. But um but yeah, yeah. that makes it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So so as you mentioned, uh, you know, we've been following each other on TikTok and I have to say I enjoyed um, all of your content I've been seeing so far because your your TikTok, um, what I like about the most is it's a little bit of everything, but it shows Danny quick, right? Because it shows your journey as a comics creator. But you also ask questions about, um, you know, things about, you know, just life in general. So I know you share things about with your family. You have questions about this things that's going on in the world mm-hmm. um, that you talk to people, interact with. You respond to people's questions, whether it's directed towards you or or um, someone asks a question on another TikTok and you want to respond to that. Um, you do a little bit of everything with your TikTok and it's not just, you know, your journey with comics. So I have to say that your content is very wholesome and it's, it's really good. I think just um, it's a good glimpse of what I think social media Media can really be instead of putting us in a niche um, because we're, we're both in that like comics niche, but I think your content shows that, you know, you can be very authentic and be more than just your niche and do well, because I think you have a really good uh, size following and your content is just always great in terms of, you know, not just the quality of it, but just the, the amount of things that you touch on as well, too. I appreciate that. And um, I think it's for me, like TikTok is, is, my, one of my favorite platforms because it kind of allows you to be um, kind of compulsive creatively. You know, I have this, mm-hmm. <laughs> I have this thing where I have so many ideas that come to my, <laughs> my mind um, and TikTok just, just happens to be the platform that I can do most of the stuff on. You know, I can make a video about, 
you know, my kids, we did an art contest today. So I, you know, posted a, post a video about that. Or, you know, if something happens in the world that I want to talk about, I can just get on there and I don't have to, you don't have to take it too seriously, but you can actually, mm-hmm. you know, put a lot of, you know, uh, real, you know, and, um, and poignant thoughts into, into videos too. So um, I think it just has the uh, wide range of, of things that you can do on there. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just enjoying it and, you know, I'll keep making stuff and, you know, if people like it, then I, I appreciate the follows. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, and, and I'll say this is um, I don't know if you're aware of this. And and I think, you know, the the audience is aware of this a little bit is that I'm a part of the nerd initiative, which I'm not sure if you're familiar oh, yeah. with that or yeah. heard of that. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, I will I will say that um, as a member of nerd initiative, we've actually talked about wanting to get you on nerd initiative and do like a interview with you sometime because oh. of some of the stuff that you've been doing with TikTok, but also with um, your studio and everything as well too. So it's, it's definitely garnering attention from a lot of different people and everything. And that I know from the nerd initiative, we have talked about, you know, wanting to get you um, an interview and, and put you on the, um, on the website that we have as well too. So you, uh, you're hey, definitely I, hitting a lot of splashes, <laughs> a lot of people. Yeah. Oh, no, I appreciate that. No, I've seen that, that, uh, that yellow in logo. I've seen that around a couple places so, um yeah absolutely man like like i said i i just you know like i am kind of all over the place and that's that's one of the things that i you know i kind of feel bad about because i could you know kind of stay in my niche and and just do comic book stuff but you know my brain doesn't allow me to do it so um right. to, to be able to you know get in front of get in front of folks like you and and um you know the nerd initiative and, and others is is just great and i like i said i appreciate the opportunity yeah, well, and I'll say, don't feel bad about stepping outside of that niche because, you know, as I mentioned before, I think what we, what I hope to strive for is that we can kind of break that niche mold and show mm-hmm. how we're just more than what we talk about, you know? So oh, sure. you sharing your family. I, I, I haven't really shared much about my family on TikTok a whole lot just because I'm a little bit protective and mm-hmm. I um, also make sure I ask them, you know, before I post anything um, with them in it, you know, mm-hmm. if it's okay and all that. And, and that includes my wife and my son. Yeah. Um, and so you should not have to apologize for being who you are as a person because I think we need to see people for the holistic selves and not just the little mold that they, you know, kind of carved in for oh, social media because that's what the algorithm wants. Like anytime you step outside of that they don't want you to do that but i think we need to see more of that and i like i said your content shows you know more than just uh your journey with comics and everything so i absolutely love that so um we were talking right before we were recording that not only do you have um you've written your own comics and you have your own I, i think is it a I know you call this studio is like a graphic studio or, or artist studio or what kind of studio is it? Oh, uh, we just call it a comic book studio. I mean, uh, uh um, okay. it's, it's more of an art studio, but we, you know, we sell comics there and, and you know, now we have the right. escape room. So it's, it's kind of a, it's, it's all over the place to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. I love, you know, cause it's unique. We don't see any of that, you know, in, in other places. So I love hearing that this is something that's very unique and it's, um, you know, seems like it's a successful experiment. Um, and, and we'll talk about that a little bit in the interview here a little bit, but in addition to all those things, you also on uh, two podcasts, is that right? That's right. Um, we, we have, um, on, on Tuesdays, we do top five live, which is, you know, kind of, um, every week we do a top five list, whether it be top five superheroes or top five, you know, athletes or, or whatever. And then on, on, mm-hmm. on Saturday mornings, we do more of a, a regular, you know, Q and A with other indie comic book creators. And there's actually a third, there's a third podcast that we do called the Super <laughs> Podcast. But, you know, it's more it's more centered around, you know, the superhero short stories, just just in between stories that we can't put in comics, like short stories that we just have written about our characters that, you know, might not deserve a full 22 page comic or something like that. But, you know, are kind of interesting tidbits about our characters. So, yeah, three. I, I right. almost forgot about that third podcast. It's been a while since we <laughs> uh, put anything out on it, but we got some stuff coming up for that soon, too. That's awesome. So do you, um, do you just find yourself getting bored that you just want to keep doing stuff like that? Cause you're a busy person, man. <laughs> no, 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 it's, it's not a boredom at all. It's just, um, you know, when I, when I decided to, to kind of take this stuff more seriously, I've been writing a lot. I've been writing my whole life and stuff like that and creating 
But once I decided to kind of take it seriously, like you said, comics is a is a real niche thing. So it's like um, you kind of kind of have to find the way to get it into people, to get it in front of people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some people like podcasts, some people like the YouTube videos we do, some people like the TikTok, uh, whatever it takes to get them to the comics, you know, is, is what I'm going to do. And as long as it's something that I enjoy doing, you know, it doesn't feel, you know, like work as much. So, you know, right. we just enjoy creating, creating stuff, making these, all these different types of things. And, um, you know, as long as I can, as long as I can have fun doing it, I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, and, and I feel the same way about doing this podcast and some of the other things I do outside my full-time job is, you mm-hmm. know, it's a lot of fun doing it. So you don't see it as work because it's something that just really motivates you. So I, I totally yeah. get where you're coming from. I think that's a great, so that's, that's awesome. Absolutely. Okay. So let's go ahead and jump right into the interview. So with every guest that we have on the show, I start off with the same question and it's what is your comic book origin story? Was there someone or something that introduced you to comics and what made you a fan of it? I'm going to get it. I see every time somebody asks me your question, I'm going to get, I'm going to get myself in trouble because <laughs> actually, didn't, actually did not read comics growing up. I did not uh, start reading comics until I was an adult, but I watched every cartoon. Mm-hmm. I watched uh, yeah. every animated TV series. I watched, you know, whether it was Batman and Superman or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you know, Sailor Moon, whatever it was that was animated on TV, I would watch it. And then, um, you know, um, when I moved to, to where I am now or to Durham, North Carolina, um, you know, I got my first job and I was like, you know, I want to try to read some of these comics. So it was actually um, before I got deployed to Iraq, World War Hulk, that uh, that run was coming out. And that was the the first I want to say the first kind of series kind of run in comics that I purchased mm-hmm. with my own money that I was like, oh, I got to see what's going on. Like World War Hulk, like they, they got the Hulk fighting. I like <laughs> they got, they got the I got I got to get to the store and see what's up with this. So um that was one of my <laughs> first like really uh that was one of my first comic book runs that I that I bought with my own money that I actually, you know, went into. But before that, it was all uh, you know, animation. So static shock, um, Spider Man, you know, anything that was animated and superhero related, I was watching it. Absolutely. Awesome. That's oh, that's amazing. Well, and, and I'll say that you're probably not the first. You're not going to be the last whose comic book origin story is, is similar to that. Because I know mm-hmm. I was fortunate enough that I had an uncle that introduced me to comics when I was a young kid. But my introduction to superheroes in general was the animated shows and the movies. Mm-hmm. I was I was uh, five when the Michael Keaton Batman came out, and that was oh, yeah. you know my first. Yeah, that was my first superhero. I mean, before that, I was doing the Superman thing because, you know, Christopher Reeves movie was mm-hmm. out for a while. And so, of course, I was, I, you know, saw that. But, um, you know, in real time, Batman uh, from Michael Keaton was my first one. And that's what got me into superheroes. And then the comic books was just kind of a, something that came in later. So, oh, yeah. Um, so, so you mentioned World War Hulk was your first comic that you buy into. Have you, have you been watching the She-Hulk series? Not to get off track here, but... Yeah, I ha- I have, and it's it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of exciting because they're trying to they're putting a, a couple of pieces in there to make you think yeah. they might be headed in that. And I saw, I, and I loved that you know TikTok and YouTube has like these communities that are dedicated to looking at these Easter eggs because I just yeah. I watch and enjoy the shows, but you know a couple of days later I'm gonna be looking, you know I might want to go back and watch it again. And I'm like, oh, you know I missed a bunch of stuff. <laughs> So now yeah. you see, uh, I want to say they, I don't know if you saw, but they said that Sam Wilson's uh, brother was, was in there and, you know, he had a, he had mm-hmm. a run in with the, um, with the Hulk and the comics and, you know, they, if they're, if they're doing, you know, they sent them off to Sakaar to, to get some answers uh, and we know what that could be about. So, um, you know, mm-hmm. I'm kind of excited about where they could go with that and how they, cause it would have to be different from, you know, the comic books here, it would have to be different from the comic book run because it's not quite set up the same way, but um, right. I would be so happy. I would be so happy to have a uh, a World War Hulk movie or or TV, uh, anything. I'll take any of that. I think it would be so cool. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it seems like a lot of people are excited for that. And I'll be honest, as as much as I love the Hulk, that's actually one run I have not read yet. So mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to read at some point once I get you know caught up with my, you know, haven't read pile or anything like that. But just hearing people talk about it gets me excited about it. And, and hearing your story now, it's like, all right, I, I need to get on this and <laughs> read this story yeah. at some point. It's definitely, it's definitely <laughs> worth going back and, and reading because it was just a good a good run um, in general, but um, mm-hmm. you know, it, especially now with the implications in the MCU of what they could be doing, what is definitely worth going back and checking out. Right. Right. Oh yeah, definitely. So yeah. So that's really exciting. So when you, when you said that I, my mind immediately went to, he's probably excited about what's <laughs> been dropped or what's been hinted at. And she looks so good. Absolutely. <laughs> um, you've been writing superhero stories for a long time. When did you realize that this was something you wanted to do professionally? Um, when my wife told me that, uh, either I had to start making some money or I was going to have to quit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> My lovely, beautiful wife. Oh my wife. gosh, it's so great! <laughs> my lovely, beautiful wife, Kiana. She is a, um, you know, she's an entrepreneur. She runs her own hair salon. But um, you know, once I started writing these books and, and making these comics, um, you know, it it does take some money out of your pocket to be able to make these things to pay artists and you know, um, you know, graphic design and printing and shipping and all this stuff. It does take some money, so. Um, <laughs> my wife told me straight up, she said, Hey, uh, you, I love that you're doing what you love and you're having fun with it, but you're going to have to pay for the same kind of way besides, <laughs> besides, you know, taking our bill money. And I was like, all right, that makes sense. So, you know, I decided <laughs> to kind of buckle down and, and, you know, try to take it more seriously. So the, the choice was either, you know, really quit or, you know, figure out a way to make some money doing it. And, um, thankfully we've been able to, to kind of stay afloat, <laughs> to kind of stay afloat with the comic, with the comics part. So, you know, um, hopefully we'll be able to keep doing it for many, many more years. That's awesome. Yeah. I, that's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's practical, <laughs> but you know, that, that's, uh, it sounds like, you know, that got you motivated and going and now you're, you know, being successful at it as well too. It, it, your bio has said that you started writing when you were deployed to Iraq, which by the way, thank you for your service. I, I know, you know, I, I graduated from high school in 2003 and, and I know that was a really, you know, it, oh, did you really? Yeah, 2003. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so so I know I you know I didn't serve the military, um, but I know you know while I was in high school, they were talking about drafts and everything like that. So mm-hmm. I know you know that period of time was just very scary for um, you know a lot of people at that time. And oh, yeah. um, so I want to ask you when you were um, when you were deployed in Iraq, um, it said that you were writing stories. Then did you write because? of that fact or was it something that you were like, like how how much of a connection was your deployment to Iraq was to your starting writing comics? Like was, was that the inspiration or just happened to coincide at the same time? No, no, no. I think it just happened to coincide. Um, cause I actually, I went into the military in 2000 and um, 2003, like I said, graduated in 2003, but, um, you know, I started working, I I went to school and, you know, I kind of met up with some friends and, um, mm-hmm. uh, while I was working this job, uh, actually printing Pokemon cards, we were working in a, in a, in a Pokemon card printing factory and we would always just talk nice. about superheroes and stuff like that. And, um, you know, we just had this idea to, uh, for this character, Ace Blade. And, um, <laughs> and I ended up just getting deployed that, that summer, you know, um, we had this gotcha. idea and yeah. I was writing, I was writing stories, but, um, you know, I got deployed and I ended up just continuing to write. Like when I, whenever I had downtown, downtime or between missions and stuff i would just i had my laptop and i would just make notes and kind of build the world out and stuff like that so when i got back i had almost 30 chapters or something like that of, of stories of for ace blade oh wow and, and, yeah. and we, we kind of sat down with like man well, I, we got to do something with all this stuff you know um so <laughs> um my the friend that i was talking about christoph he he took me to my first comic book convention and when we went there, I realized I was like, yo, these are just regular people. Like the people who are at the tables are just, you know, regular people who are, you know, making their own. Some of them, some of them work for Marvel and DC, but most of them that were there were just regular people who were either artists or writers or crafters or whatever. And I was like, you know, we can really we could make this into something. So, you know, from that moment on, it was it was like, yo, this is this is what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. Uh, this is this is what I believe, um, you know, I, I kind of should be doing. And, um, 
you know, just learning the business from there. Oh, that's awesome. Well, cool. Uh, yeah, no, that, that's really, that's really inspiring. And especially I didn't realize that your idea of Ace Blade has been, you know, such a long process in terms of when you started to where you're at now. Oh yeah. For um, sure. And the fact that when you came back, you have 30 chapters. That's amazing. That's really cool. <laughs> right. Yeah. So speaking of, so you've created the fourth wall universe, which includes characters like Ace Blade, but also uh, Lumberjacks, King Supreme. You know, th- these are just a few of the many that you created uh, for those of us that haven't heard of your universe. or haven't read any of your stories. Can you give us just a synopsis of what this world you created and, and its characters? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I think for those those three characters that you talked about, Ace Blade, Lumberjacks and King Supreme, um, we have this kind of vision to to give to have something for everybody you know ace blade is kind of more the ground level you know vigilante he has no powers he's more like your daredevils your um mm-hmm. you know punisher types you know um people who who are dealing with you know city uh citywide issues and then uh lumberjacks mm-hmm. he's more he has he has a responsibility and a and a and a and a um and a burden of this justice. And he has, you know, has to learn how to use these powers that come with his, um, that comes with this necklace that he wears. Um, so he's mm-hmm. more kind of that mid mid tier, um, superhero who you might, you might say like a wonder woman or, you know, somebody who, uh, who has abilities, but isn't, you know, quite a cosmic level, uh, hero yet. And then King Supreme is, is that kind of God tier. Um, he puts on the crown, he becomes this, this hulking seven foot, you know, uh, this seven foot God who can literally shape his own realities. And, uh, he has mm-hmm. to go out into the cosmos, into the galaxies and, and, you know, meet strange new creatures and stuff like that. So, um, you know, we kind of wanted to have some start, start the foundation with kind of these big three who can give you kind of something for everybody. So I think those are kind of the main things that people look for in superhero stories. You, you kind of like one of those three type of heroes. So, um, you know, that's that's basically what it is. And, you know, we just wanted to be able to kind of express our thoughts and our our dreams and our our uh, our fears and and everything in these stories that we use to express ourselves. And we hope that we can kind of entertain people along the way. So we put them in these cool costumes, this this purple ninja suit. And you got the, the other guy with this huge axe. And then, you you know, you got the king with the crown and the, and the cool cape. Um, so, you know, that's the, that's kind of the goal. We, we want to, um, kind of educate people and, and entertain them at the same time. Yeah. Awesome. Well, and, and, and going off of what you said about, you know, the, the real life integration with the comics and what you've been experiencing, um, in your life, I know in your bio on your website, it says that, uh, Ace Blades has a lot of themes that you have experienced, um, in terms of your real life with, um, and I, I think it's like, you know, not just a vigilante, uh, not just vigilanteism, but, you know, fighting against greed, um, and things like that. Are, are there things, uh, or are some of these inspired by real life events that happen to you? Or is this just more of a things that you have seen or, or what are some of those real life events that you have mentioned in your bio that plays with your stories with Ace Blade? I think it's, I think it's both really like, um, you know, nothing too heavy, but just, um, different Mm -hmm. moments in my life where I've been like, I kind of like had my eyes open to things. Like (laughs) I took my wife to, um, one, one year for Valentine's day, we went out to, um, Cherokee, which is a, you know, a casino resort in North Carolina. Right. Mm -hmm. So they got this big, this huge casino, you know, we like to go and gamble and, you know, in the casinos and stuff like that. And some mm-hmm. person, I don't, I don't even remember who the person was, but when we went in, we were like, wow, you know, I, this, this place is amazing. Like if you've ever been to a casino, you know, they got the, they got the lights and the, and the carpet and it's all so nice in there. And they're like, yeah, uh, how do you think they afford to make all of this stuff? Like somebody, some random person, you know, caught us on the way and was like, how do you think they afford to make all this stuff? You come in here and they take your money. Uh, and I was in, in, my, and in my mind, I'm like, you know what? That's that's absolutely right. People come in here, you know, and and want to kind of hit it big. They come in here and gamble there. Um, you know, me and my wife, thankfully, we're we're usually more responsible, so we kind of have a limit to you know what we'll use and take in the casino. But some people go in there and gamble their whole you know life savings away, you know, trying to hit it big. So um, that's mm-hmm. one of the things that I consistently put in Ace Blade stories is that. You know, a lot of these people aren't aren't bad people. A lot of people, 
you know, kind of just get into bad situations. So um, Ace Blade is mm-hmm. more like uh, Batman in that way, or, you know, the original animated series Batman, where, uh, <laughs> like, um, Bruce Wayne didn't see um, Mr. Freeze as a as a bad person. You know, he wanted to help him when he was Bruce Wayne. He wanted to help Pamela right. Isley when he was Bruce Wayne. He wanted to, you know, he wanted to do what he, what he could to help in the community. But when they crossed over that line, he had to put the, you got to put mm-hmm. the cape and cowl on and, you know, um, take him out. So, um, you know, that's one thing that, that has kind of always kind of influenced my stories when it comes to Ace Blade. I see people as, as humans who, you know, have made, who might've made bad choices, but you know, that doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. mean that you're an evil person, but the evil people, the truly evil people, you know, they always, they're always on Ace Blade's bad side. <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's um, some of the things that we've been seeing a lot more in stories now, especially in comics is, the complexity of people. And just like what you said, we grew up with, it was pretty much black and white in terms of, you know, mm-hmm. if they're evil and why and things like that. And I, and I think the telling of these stories about how these people are making, you know, wrong and, and bad decisions, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're evil right off the bat because of like what you said, their situation may have pushed them in that. And so trying mm-hmm. to, get to the root of the cause as opposed to, um, you know, just punishing them for that action, you know? So it, it's like what they say. Medicine is like, you need to treat the, um, the cause and not the symptoms basically. Right. So yeah. what's, what, what's funny when you said, uh, you know, Cherokee, North Carolina, I've actually been there multiple times oh, really? growing up. <laughs> yeah. Cause my family would take vacations to Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Mm, and yeah. I've always, I've always had an interest and, uh, and a respect and appreciation for, uh, American business peoples. And so we would take a trip mm-hmm. out to Cherokee, North Carolina, cause I think it was just about a two or three hour trip. And we would mm-hmm. go around the places that they have on reservation and everything. So when you were talking about that, I was like, I know exactly. <laughs> I've never been inside the casino because I was too young for that. But, yeah, but all yeah. the other areas, I was like, I know that place he's talking about. That's so yeah. cool. <laughs> we, uh, we, we, like I said, we went for our, it was, I, think, I believe it was Valentine's um, that we went down there on uh, one year. And uh, I, mm-hmm. I've never been, I, I've never even driven in the hills um, before. So it's uh, in, in yeah. the mountains out there. And that was scary. But, you know, we did yeah. the, the helicopter <laughs> rides, you know, we, you know, we, we had a good time just, just hanging out. So, um, it's a, it's definitely a good vacation spot. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. But you're, you're absolutely right. The, the hills around there, are, you know, they could be treacherous. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Um, so when you were talking about, writing your comics, a lot of it is inspired by you, your real life events that you have, but also real life people. Cause in your bio, you've also said that, um, you know, some of these characters are based on people, you know, like your wife and kids. Mm-hmm. And I want to ask you how, how does your family feel about the characters being in your comics? Like, do they love it? Do they think it's really cool or something like, Oh my gosh, I wish you hadn't done that. Or, or how they feel about that. Thankfully I, I almost wish I hadn't put, my son, like my son, um, DJ, he is actually, his character is actually going to be Ace Blade's sidekick. Mystic is, is a young superhero and, um, he's kind of growing up in Ace Blade's shadow and he, he's one of the first ones that finds out Ace Blade's secret identity. But my son mm-hmm. will not leave me alone. Every time I put out an Ace Blade story, he's like, where's Mystic? Like, why? Why, you, why is Mystic not in this book yet? Like every time I, every time I do a podcast, um, on, on the Super Shorts podcast, like we, he's in a couple of episodes there, but any episode that he's not in, DJ is mad at me. He's like, I don't want to understand why you're not using Mystic more. Mystic is the most awesome <laughs> character that you got. You should use him for everything. I'm like, DJ, just, <laughs> just be calm and be patient. <laughs> We're going to get to more Mystic stories, but you know, we got to get there first. I don't want to rush, it, you know, um, but, but the rest yeah. of them, they, you know, they're, they're happy about it. You know, I, I've, um, you know, one of the one of the goals of the business is to kind of be able to build something that I can leave to my children and to to the next generation. Mm-hmm. If you know if if that's something that they're interested in, you know, thankfully all of my all of my children are into the arts. Um, my oldest one, oh, she's cool. a graphic designer, and my um, my middle daughter, she's a she's a wonderful artist. She's a <laughs> she's very meticulous with her craft. And then, mm-hmm. and then DJ, he's um he's a crafter. He likes to build things. He'll build 
weapons and, 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 you know, all kinds of stuff for me. So um, hopefully, you oh, know, we'll cool. be able to, to build something that they can, you know, take an interest in and, and, you know, kind of force their own path with. Oh, that's so neat. That's awesome. I love hearing that. Oh, that's so cool. Well, and, and, and what's funny is when you're talking about your son being excited, um, my, my co-host Kevin and his son, uh, mm-hmm. kind of had the same situation when we started our podcast. His son would try to figure out ways on how he could come on the show. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then he talked to my son about how they should have their own show together called <laughs> the caption kids, where they talk about us <laughs> in the episode that we recorded. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, uh, but man. Kids, kids are I so know. inventive, man. Kids, kids, oh yeah, imagination. And I, you know, I'm 30, 36. I don't mind the 37. And uh, <laughs> you know, it's like I remember having that, you know, that enthusiasm and that that passion to create and stuff like that. So I just, I try to, mm-hmm. you know, whenever I can, I just, you know, give it to the kids. You know, if if they want to make something, I try to try to help them develop that because I, I think it's important. Yes. Yeah, I agree. My son is, is the same way. He has a lot of interest, but he is a very creative person as well with mm-hmm. um, when we do Legos. It's funny. He mm-hmm. will do the box set Legos, but he also has a huge tub of just Lego pieces that he puts together and everything. Oh, yeah, and it's yeah. just like you said, it, it's so great just to see their imagination, creativity run wild with what they're given. And it's it's awesome. So I, I imagine that as as funny as that situation has been for you, it's almost like a proud dad moment of how excited they get and how they just want to be part of that world. Oh, and and the fact that you want to leave that to them. Yeah. Oh absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, that's great. I love hearing that. Um, so in addition to writing your comics, you've also uh, have a studio and you re and you recently created a escape room based on your character. So I want to ask you, um, first of all, did you have any previous experience with making escape rooms or anything like that? Absolutely not. We had no experience. <laughs> we had no experience. It was a lot harder than, you know, I kind of imagined too. Cause I mean, me, like I said, me and my wife, we are, um, we are DIYers. We, you know, do a lot of like all those stuff in our home. We put in our own floors, you know, we, we build partitions in our house. We replace our, you know, um, all of that good stuff. So we knew that when it came to building the room, we could do it. But the actual mm-hmm. puzzle and the story of, you know, of what happens in the room was a whole nother, like, it's a, it's a whole nother level of, of storytelling. It's like, um, because yeah. you want it to be immersive and you want it to be, you know, an experience that people can enjoy. And then you have to kind of time it so that, you know, people can get out within that hour, but you don't want to make it so easy that they're, you know what I'm saying? Like you, it's, yeah. it's so much that, <laughs> that went into it um, to, to build and to create that, you know, that mm-hmm. I didn't think about, but I already, you know, we already have ideas for the second and third ones that we want to make. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's very exciting. I, and I love kind of the, the immersiveness of it and, you know, including our characters because we get to teach people about our characters while they're in the escape room. So it, it kind of kills, <laughs> kind of kills two birds with one stone, you know? So um, yeah. while, they're, while they're in there trying to, trying to get out of this room and saving Ace Blade's life, you know, they get to, you know, experience some of the, uh, some of the villains in the, in, in our comic book universe. So, you know, on their way out from the escape room, if they enjoyed it, if the, if you're into comics, you know, you can, you can grab an Ace Blade comic on your way out. So, um, you know, I just think that it's, uh, and it's, it's been, it's been working so far. So yeah, man, it's just something that, like I said, I'm cre I'm, um, compulsive creatively. And, um, you know, sometimes, <laughs> thankfully most times it's, it's worked out for us. Yeah. Well, it, it's funny how you describe, you know, when they're, when they're leaving the escape room, how they could pick up a, a comic. Cause I was about to say, this sounds like, almost like the, the Disney model where you go on the ride and then when you walk out, here's the gift shop where you can buy stuff from, you know, what you just experienced. Gift shop. That's, that's, I mean, but that's exactly what it is. Um, like we, I was, I was talking to my wife and it's kind of the opposite because most people who are coming to the escape room now have never heard of these characters before. Whereas, you know, you go, oh, to, Disney, cool. you go to Disney because you've heard of me, you know, Mickey Mouse and you know, you know, your favorite, you know, Lion King, you know, the Marvel superheroes. And you're like, oh, I want to go on the Spider-Man ride or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But here, the escape room is kind of the main attraction. 
And then, you know, while you're in there, you see, oh, this is a comic book store, you know, this, oh, you write your own comics? Oh, you you made these comics. These are the comic books that you made. So, you know, we get to kind of give show people a good time. And then if they enjoy themselves, we can, you know, tell them about our stuff. And and if you, you know, you want to check it out, you know where to find it. So um, I'm trying to, we're trying, we're trying some stuff on some, you know, on some, some alternate levels, but, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's going to take some time and, and I'm, and I'm, I'm happy to be patient with it. Yeah, no, that's amazing. That's really cool to hear that people are coming to the escape room, never hearing about mm-hmm. your comics that you had. And like, so how do have you asked them how they've been hearing about, the escape rooms and, and what brought them to it? Yeah, for sure. Um, so, so thankfully, um, just like you, you know, I, I, I've, I've had some trial and error through the years and I've been able to, to kind of learn SEO. I've learned, you know, the Google businesses and, you know, how to, how to put keywords together and stuff like that. So um, one mm-hmm. of the, one of the, the issues, and they say, if you want to start a business, you solve a problem, right? Um, one of the right. problems in our area is that there's just not much entertainment, around there's just not much stuff Mm. that that families can do anyway you know they got the museums they got the parks and stuff like that but they don't really have much in our area you have to you know kind of travel two three cities um either north or south to find kind of fun Mm. stuff to do so Mm, um you know right now if you look up fun stuff to do in burlington you know our business is one of the things that comes up for people so um cool you know thankfully uh, you know, we, we were being able to solve a problem for, especially for families. You know, if you got a group of six that you want to take out, you got a group of four that you want to take out and you, you know, there's no movies that you haven't seen or anything like that. You can come try in the mm-hmm. escape room. So, um, and you know, hopefully throughout the, throughout the rest of the year, we'll be able to bring them in slowly and, and, uh, you know, knock them out one at a time. That's cool. So, so now that you've done the escape room, what are some of the lessons learned that you've had that now, you know, as you're saying, we're you're thinking about the second and third one that you're creating. What's something that you learned from that first attempt that you're just like, okay, we need to change this for the next time. We need to have a plan. We need to, first of all, <laughs> we need to have a solid plan going in. Cause I'll tell mm-hmm. you, I'll tell you building this first one, we did not, um, like we literally were just like, okay, I'm, I'm off of work this week. Let's get as much done as we can in this first week. So we, we bought mm-hmm. wood and we bought lumber and we were like, okay, we know we want it to be casino themed. So we need to buy this and this, a lot of the stuff that mm-hmm. we bought, we had to either repurpose or we didn't use because it didn't fit into, you know, into the actual game itself. So um, right. I think for these next two that we do, we're going to know exactly what it is that, we're, that we want to build and, um, you know, kind of know the exact sizes of everything, because that was a real trouble too. Um, squeezing everything that we had into this one room when when, you know, we had kind of bigger ideas for it. So um, mm-hmm. I definitely need to need to have a better plan going into it for these next couple of rooms. But we're, we got some time to work on it. So I'll, it'll be planned out a little better this time. Oh, good. You know, and and as you're saying that, um, I have to say, I appreciate one of the things I appreciate about your TikTok account is just how honest it is as well, too, because I know a lot of times when we see creators who post videos, you know, we see the output and the results of it, but we don't always see the struggles and the time uh, (laughs) it takes to go into it. Mm-hmm. And I remember vividly one of your videos that made me laugh out loud was you stitch your own video where um, it was a video of you like getting ready to go in the hardware store talking about how you're going to build oh. the escape room. And then, and then it cuts to you like, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> no, and it just made me laugh because I'm like, that is such an honest experience. I'm glad you shared that because we don't see that yeah. <laughs> at all. You know, I want to say that that was one where. Um, cause I went in to, to go buy stuff for the escape room, but I have a, I have a little small SUV, um, a little, mm-hmm. a little five passenger car or, or SUV. And I had to fit this huge door with the door frame yeah. in, the, in the, in the SUV. So now I'm driving with it literally on my neck, <laughs> trying, <laughs> trying to get down the road and look in my mirrors and stuff like that. It was, it was terrible. Um, but, I'm sure. you know, those are definitely kind of, and, um, you know, I kind of try to teach my kids, like I said, don't take it, don't, don't take yourself too seriously. 
because, you know, it's it's really funny when you look at it, you know, the things that we go through to uh <laughs> to get from point A to point B. So, um, you know, mm-hmm. I just try to I try to find joy in, in every part of it and try not to let it get me frustrated. Oh, yeah. Well, that, and now and I, I like I said, that was great just because one, you know, it was comical. But two, it's it's just that honest of, you know, like what we've been talking about, trial and error and how. Mm-hmm. We've always, you know, see things, especially in social media, like the results of stuff, but we never see the the learning process or the hard work that goes in behind and everything like that. And I just got to say that was probably one of the best displays of here is a here is a moment where I learned something. <laughs> and and this is how ridiculous I was at that time thinking like it's going to be a piece of cake and all the things I didn't think about. <laughs> it, absolutely. it absolutely was not a piece of cake, but, you know. Um, thankfully, like I said, my wife is always pushing me forward. So, um, you know, Mm -hmm. there were times that I wanted to give up on it and be like, you know what, this is, this is too hard for us, but you know, she wouldn't let me quit. So, um, thankfully, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's always good to have a support system. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's, I mean, that's great that not only you created the escape room, but just like what you said, you're solving a problem for something that's in your community. I think that's what goes a long way is when people are involved with their community and trying to create that experience in whatever we're doing. And I and I just want to commend you for that because I think that's a really inventive and, and a genius idea of being able to not just promote what you're doing and promote the comics you're creating, but also something that the community can enjoy as well, too. Especially escape rooms became... a I remember when Escape Room was a app or website that people did and then right. it took on that physical form and mm-hmm. just how it's blown up. And so just the fact that you're trying to solve, um, you know, the entertainment problem that you identified, uh, promote your comics, but trying something that you've never had experience before and and learning that in the process. Like that's a big risk for anybody that's that's in any sort of business. And I, and I just yeah. commend you for trying that. That's so great. I, love that. I, I appreciate it. Like I said, we 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 never uh, we never shy away from a challenge. We we always are into trying new things. You know, um, as long as mm-hmm. it's as long as we we can keep it within budget. Like my wife says, as long as I'm not spending the, spending our bill money on it, uh, she she usually <laughs> she'll usually let me try anything. So um, yeah, I, I, we're gonna keep we're gonna keep on keeping on. That's awesome. Well, and, and you were talking about how, um, you know, earlier trying to, to create awareness with the stories and the characters that you create and everything. I know one of the things you have mentioned on uh, your TikTok is you've gone to some conventions to uh, promote Ace Blade in the world you created. And I want to ask you, like, how are those things? Um, how's your experience has been with doing that? Because I know as me for a convention goer, I go and love seeing the different kinds of artists and panelists and, and the people that are there. Um, but I don't get to hear too much about when the artists go, what that process is like in terms of not just going to the convention, but what are some of the expectations that you have for when you go there in terms of um, one, I know you have to pay money to have a spot on the floor and things like that. So is it one of those things where it's like, you know, you're going to have to pay and you're probably not going to get any money back on return on it, but you know, it's a long, it's a long goal of, of trying to get people to come to your, um, website or your comics, things like that. What are, what are some of the things uh, in your experiences when going to conventions uh, when you're promoting your comic that is something that would be really interesting for people to know that they may not realize? Yeah, I think um, I think it is um, kind of interesting when you're doing conventions because, and we we've had debates on about this on the um, on TikTok too. Me and me and other artists and creators like Victor Dandridge, um, you know, other folks who. You know, you kind of have to to figure out what your lane is in the, in a in a at a comic book convention. You know, us we are um, we are writers and we are creators and we you know make our own own comic books. But we because we don't use you know mainstream characters to push them. Um, like we mm-hmm. don't we don't have a lot of prints or posters with you know Batman and Superman and or things like that that we can sell we kind of have to look for kind of specific type of people or we have to network more when we're at these shows. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, it might be harder for, for us to make that, you know, that booth rent um, that, that, that table feedback um, over the two or three days that we're at the convention. Um, but we can also use it as an opportunity to kind of meet people who, um, you know, who we look up to. Like I got to meet 
um, Brian Stelfreeze at the last the last show that, that I went to, and you know, uh, he said that he would do a he would do a cover for us, uh, 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 and uh, a cover for one of our comic books. So you know, that's a great opportunity. Oh, cool. And um, yeah, you know, um, things like that are that's kind of the perfect place to do it. You know, you want to you want to get in there, and you want to sell your comics, you want to make your money back, but you also got to kind of take that opportunity to kind of get out there and introduce yourself to people and, and people who are kind of in places to, you know, maybe take you to the next level or people that you can work with on things. So um, I mm-hmm. think it's, it's always kind of finding that balance between, you know, working to sell your stuff and then working to, to, um, to get to the next level. And those are, it's just right. a, a great place to do it. If you are, if you're a combo creator, I think. So for you being a, indie comic creator and you know business owner with this um what is that next step or next level that you're mentioning for yourself because you talk about getting a cover artist um to do a cover for one of the future issues and and uh, examples like that for you what is that next level in terms of where you want to push this out and and kind of step up in in that industry yeah i think um if we can um our goal right now is to 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 be consistent, right. To just put out a book, whether it's, you know, every two months or every month or every week to put out content consistently. Cause once we can do that, that's the foundation is set for anything else that we want to do. Um, we mm-hmm. do want to get into animation. We want to get into, um, um, one of the big things for next year is, um, we're trying to do a, a short film for Ace Blade. Um, oh, um cool. A lot of a lot of things that we want to do, but we have to make sure that the foundation is set first. So once we get this consistency of putting out a project every you know three months or whatever it is, whatever the schedule is, um, and getting books out on time to people, because that's the most important thing. If if you can build that trust with you know the the people that buy from you, they'll keep buying books from you. If you can give them good product and give them give it to them on time, they'll they'll be fans mm-hmm. of yours for a long time. It's, that's something that I believe. Um, and once we do that, literally anything else we want to do, um, we can do. So, um, next year, you know, look out for maybe a short film project or an, um, or, or an animation project. So, uh, we'll see. That is awesome. That is, it's gotta be exciting to be able to talk about how that might actually become a reality from something that you created. So I'm, I'm sure you're just, you know, over the moon about that opportunity. That's so great. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we're looking at some, 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 some fine actors already. Uh, we already have some people in mind, but the, the costuming is, is, is what's more tricky than I thought. You would, you would think it would be easy to put a costume on a person and it looked good on film, but it, it just doesn't. So got to find the right costume mm-hmm. to put on them and to, you know, make it look impactful. <clears throat> oh yeah. Oh, and I'm sure it's going to be like the escape room where there's going to be a lot of lessons learned in that process too, <laughs> for right? Sure. For sure. For sure. Um, since you talked about that a little bit, it, it kind of dovetails into my next question for you is what is the future of fourth wall universe? So you, you talked about the business and industry side of it, but for the universe and the story that you created, what's the future looking like for that in terms of do you have any plans on introducing like new characters or you know something bigger or anything like that what's something that the readers can you know kind of look forward to um with the years to come with that story absolutely um so we're hoping to do more crossovers with other um independent um creators we want to um i have this whole planned i have this whole plan where um ace blade goes to other people's universes to find like this, this highly coveted weapon, like Ace Blade um, loves to collect these weapons. You know, he has swords from, mm-hmm. you know, all, all over the world. And, you know, he, he has this obsession with collecting weapons to be prepared, kind of, you know, kind of like the Batman prep time thing. He has just has this obsession <laughs> to, to be able to go and, you know, face, face a warrior from another dimension and then, you know, take a trophy back um home mm-hmm. to home to be able to protect his city um so i think that's a, a project that i want to that i want to start doing you know in the near future to cross over with other creators and help promote their stuff and they help promote ours and then um also crossovers within our within our universe so ace blade and lumberjacks the next season of the super shorts podcast we're doing a crossover with ace blade and lumberjacks and then um you know in the comics we'll we're looking to have you know our big three kind of crossover together soon too so um, those are things that we, uh, 
that were that that are in the plans for the future. Um, but we also have some projects that um, we want to pitch to other publishers also to uh, that could I think could that don't quite fit in our superhero universe, but are projects that we think would work, you know, with other publishers and, um, you know, maybe do some collaborations like that. I love that idea about doing crossover with indie publishers, because mm-hmm. I think just like what you said, that's a great opportunity for both of you to promote your stuff. But then, you know, just, just how much fun you can have with it and not worrying about, you know, rules or anything you can just, mm-hmm. you know, create just for the enjoying of, of creating it. I, I love that idea. I, I think that's a really exciting opportunity. I, I tell you what, if I find other people who are thinking about doing something like that, I'm going to send them your way. So that way please you can do. talk to yeah. them about doing that. That's please, cool. Please do. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we have um, a question from somebody that uh, left us, I think on the TikTok video I created, and this might be somebody that, you know, because the way that this person phrased the question, Sounds like they they know you pretty well. Um, But they said, who would win in a fight between Lumberjacks and Saw the Lightning Wielder? Oh, Lumberjacks. Okay, so I know that I know that question came from Kyron of Taurus Comics. I already know. (laughs) Uh, He's always trying to, to, to pit Saw against our characters because she's so she's so powerful. Um, but I think mm-hmm. she would have a tough time with with, with Lumberjacks. Um, currently in the comics, he's not quite powerful enough to beat her. But if you give him about 10 or 12 issues, he might be at a level where he could take her out. So right now, I would mm-hmm. say Saul would come out on top. But, you know, around issue 20 or so like that, we might have to give it to Lumberjacks. So uh, that's my answer for now. <laughs> <laughs> well we'll have you back on next year we'll see if that answer changed for you right. <laughs> right. <laughs> well danny i have to say this was such a joy talking to you about your experience and your journey with creating comics with escape rooms with you know being an indie creator this is fantastic thank you so much for coming on to the show and just sharing your experience with us uh, once you tell our audience where we can find you and your work online Absolutely. Um, again, thank you for having me. And um, if the best place to find me is on our website, fourthwallpros.com. Um, if you're looking for me on social media, it's at the Ace Blade on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and anywhere else that you uh, do social media. That's, you'll probably find me out under that. Awesome. Well, Danny, again, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was a blast. And and for everybody that's listening, um, I'll make sure to have those links in the show notes as well, too. Um, but thank you very much. I really appreciate this. Man, this was a great time. I, I, I do appreciate it. And hopefully I'll get to talk to you again in the future. Definitely. And that wraps up another episode of The Caption Life. I hope you enjoyed listening, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button. You can follow us on social media at Caption Life. And if you like what we're doing, give us a shout-out by tagging us in your post or send us a message. For more information about us and all of our previous episodes, visit thecapsonlife.com. 